Spooky. Cover me. I'm going in. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop 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 coming Hello and welcome to a new episode of Any Ogre Till It's Ogre. I'm your usual host, Will, and joining me, as per usual, is my good buddy, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Will. How's it going? Pretty good. How you doing? Good. Nice. And then also joining us once again is Chris. How are you doing, Chris? Oh, I'm great. How are you? I'm all right. And uh, we got a special guest, guys, because uh, I don't know if our listeners know this or not, but this is it. This is Garfield's birthday month. Woo! Woo! Yeah, Woo! birthday. 4-1 today. Yep. We're having a big... releases, hopefully. Yeah, so we're having a big birthday party. We got uh, lasagna cake. Uh, what else we got, Matt? Oh, God. I didn't... I'm sorry. I, I didn't really think this bit through. <laughs> We've got lasagna ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> just more lasagna-themed food. Yeah, we just got a bunch of lasagna stuff. Uh, and we also have a very special guest. Uh, joining us for this month's episode is Wyatt Duncan. Hey, Wyatt. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Of Thanks course. for coming on, pleasure. Thanks for coming Happy on. Happy to be here on the sacred month of Garfield's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should mention, yeah, it's not only Garfield's birthday, but this is also the month, the anniversary of Garfield, the movie. Um, I forgot. I think this movie, it came out in 2004, right? Yes. yes. So that would make it, who's good at math here? It's 15 years old. 15 years. Good Good job <laughs> for knowing basic <laughs> math. Better than me. Uh, I'll yeah. for a second. Yeah, so 15, uh, not quite eligible to drive yet or get his learner's permit, but, uh, you know, the world still is oyster. He's in the that pivotal teen years. Uh, he, and, he's, uh, he's much younger than Garfield, who was 41, so, I'd, like, yeah. <laughs> he should be happy that he's 15 at least. Right. Well, I like to think of it as his son. This is, like, the... Oh, uh, that works, like, yeah. Yeah, the son of Garfield, and then the uh, tale of two kitties is, like, the abandoned son <laughs> from a separate marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I looked it up, and it, it appears that the release date of the movie was June 11th. So yeah. last week was that anniversary. Wow. Right, yeah. So uh, I was trying to make it more about like the anniversary than the actual date. But oh, I sure. mean, Sorry. I think the actual Garfield comic birthday is what's more important, even though we're talking about oh, the film. Yeah, for sure. I was just curious as to what yeah. day the movie came out. No, it's good to know. I mean, I think uh, it's that, dil- that due diligence, Matt. That all of our listeners care about. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, in honor of Garfield's birthday, I figured it would be fun if uh, the four of us could find the Garfield comic that came out on our birthdays and read them on the air. Uh, why, why don't we start with you, since you're our guest? Okay. Yeah, sounds good. All right. So, uh, so should I just start like describing each panel? and Yeah, uh, like paint a picture. <laughs> yeah, paint a picture okay. for us and the listeners. Okay, so uh, uh, John and Garfield are on the beach. Uh, looks like a hot, sunny day. Uh, John is wearing his full clothes. He's got the sweater, uh, pants, and shoes on, which is kind of a weird, o- weird outfit for the beach anyways. But uh, he's looking at Garfield, and he says, Well, I guess I'll get undressed. And then uh, as Garfield is rummaging through the picnic basket, uh, you hear a zip off screen, and John says, I planned ahead and wore my swimming trunks under my pants. 
And then you get a variety of eeks, yas, and shrieks as Garfield pulls out uh, John Shorts from the Pignan Baskets and said, gee, nobody can wear a pastrami on rye the way you can, John. And uh, <laughs> that, that, there it is. That's the, uh, that's the setup. So you get uh, John's birthday suit for your birthday. I, 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 yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. I, <laughs> I'm just really disappointed that, uh, we don't get to see John's uh, figure that it's off screen, yeah. but I, I, I like, I, I like the implication. Well, I mean, I think, uh, Jim Davis knows that's important for the, uh, the readers, you know, to keep them coming to each comic to paint the picture in <laughs> their minds true. as opposed to showing the thing. Cause if you see it, it's like, well, what do I got to read next? Uh, the next comic for if I already know what I'm going to get here. That's a, so. that's a good point. You got to keep teasing them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're, um, I'm wondering, yeah. if, were any of the three of us born on a Sunday with like the full eight panel or however many panels it is in a Sunday strip? Or are we all that's the a good three question. panel weekday? I was not. Yeah, I was, yeah, I'm, I was I'm Saturday. A, yeah, that would have been, been really cool, but unfortunately, no. I guess we're all the three panels. The four of us are the three panels. So, uh, Dang Matt, it, Mom. why don't you go ahead? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, I'll describe mine. Um, the first panel is Garfield standing at the, I guess, counter or whatever they usually stand against, uh, holding Pookie. And uh, he's thinking, what do you want to do today, Pookie? And then in the second panel, Pookie, he lets go of Pookie who falls down on his back with a plop sound effect, and Garfield looks surprised. And then uh, in the third panel, Garfield is now laying down next to Pookie. They're both on their backs, and Garfield thinks, not much with words, but what an idea, man. I love that I I actually remember both of these so far. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, Yeah, they're iconic. I mean, it proves the... Yeah, it does prove that you are truly worthy of this podcast, Chris. <laughs> Hashtag true Garfield fan. Uh, with that, Chris, why don't you go ahead and read yours? All right, so Garfield is um, at the Christmas tree, and he's like, John's going to put my present right there, and it's going to be big and real expensive. And and then the second panel, he's like, hmm, big. And in the third panel, he has propped the tree up on a chair, um, so there's no, there's more space underneath it. He's saying it's gonna be big, and and that's it. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, so yeah, mine is uh, well, the first panel is wordless, and it's just John looking at Garfield, who's asleep on the counter, and he has uh, this disappointed look on his face. And John says, "You could give lessons on doing nothing." And then John's gone in the next panel, but Garfield's still there. Seemingly asleep, but his mind is saying, no, I couldn't. So <laughs> I guess it's kind of poetic in a way for how my life turned out to be. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. I mean, it's always actually good to read real comic Garfield comics on here because I don't think we've done that. So, yeah, there yeah. we go. Promoting the comic opposed to the movie. So. Uh, with that in mind, uh, why don't we just go straight into our thoughts on the film? I wanted to start with you, Wyatt. First, uh, what's your relationship with this movie, and then what are your thoughts on it now that you've seen it again as an adult? Uh, I remember I was super hyped for this when this came out. Um, Same. I was uh, maybe like nine years old or something like that, uh, nine or ten. And uh, 
Um, and uh, I remember like like the commercials were constantly playing because I, I like had all like the little beats memorized, which I still like looked back on and, and like when I was watching it today, I'm like, oh my god, I remember this one was a big trailer moment. This this was a big commercial, <laughs> mm-hmm. like little beats like that, and uh, I I kept seeing that all the time, and I was like so hyped to go see Garfield, and I remember it came out, and I lived in kind of a small town, and uh, it wasn't at our local theater, and like on the day of the release, and I told my parents, I'm like, oh my god, like Garfield isn't isn't playing at our theater, and they had to look up look it up online and apparently it was playing like an hour and a half away at, at one of our neighboring towns and uh my sweet parents uh let were, were able to drive an hour and a half away oh to God. go see garfield the movie for me because i wanted to see it so bad they they, they are like the night oh, they are the greatest like god bless nicest them. people <laughs> yeah. but looking back on it i feel so bad for them that they had to go an hour and a half away to see garfield the movie for their stupid son who was obsessed with it. Uh. <laughs> they were probably so disappointed by the movie. <laughs> I know. It's such a bummer. It's so sad. But uh, I, I was thrilled, and I, I liked it as a kid. And obviously, uh, I didn't recognize uh, how bad it was back then and everything. Right. And uh, over the years, uh, I forgot about it and haven't thought about it nearly as much. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, and, and I watching it today was probably my first time seeing it and maybe, like, uh, I don't know, 10 years at least. Like I, I may have watched it as a joke like a while back, but uh, definitely uh, haven't seen it a whole lot since then. And uh, uh, I, and I, I guess the main thing I remember though is the hype uh, back when it first came out. And I definitely had merchandise relating to the movie. I, I think I had some of those like Thai stuffed animals that were based on the Garfield uh, movie, which nice. by the way looked horrific. They did not look like cartoon Garfield. They modeled it oh, yeah. after the seat. <laughs> I, I have all of those Garfield. as well. They're terrible. Um, like that one is yeah. so bad. And I, I also had like a book uh, relating to the Garfield movie that like had like little trivia and like behind the scenes photos and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And uh, I, I was really into it and uh that was definitely one that as i got older i realized yeah like that that's not that's not a cherished childhood movie that's just kind of a <laughs> horrible corporate uh ploy that i got sucked into as a young kid yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man did you have the trading cards uh, I, I i believe i did i definitely remember oh, wow. seeing uh a few of those, and I I can't remember though if I they had pictures of them in the book or if I actually had the trading cards, but I definitely remember seeing the uh, Jim Davis trading card when I was a kid. So I, I don't <laughs> I I'm, I'm sure I did have it because I, I do I definitely remember <laughs> that image. Yeah, well, if you have them, keep hold of the uh, Joe Cohen and whatever the other screenwriter's name <laughs> Joel is. Cohen, that's a, yeah, yeah, that that's a treasured item. I'm sure you can get a lot of big bucks for it. Oh my God, so. yes, <laughs> that's worth worth big money oh, nowadays. Yeah, honestly, uh, Wyatt, it sounds like our relationship to the movie when it came out is pretty similar. Really? You, you, you yeah, guys had was, similar experiences? I think I was around the same age, too. I was nine, and, and yeah, I was so – I was really into Garfield at the time. I was so pumped for it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, I was really into Garfield, too, as a kid, and, like, that's the worst part about it is that I, I was going into it as a big Garfield fan, and it – You're, like, a legit fan. I know. <laughs> like, like, it was made for me, and they still couldn't, like, make a good product out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, now watching it as an adult, were there any other notes or thoughts that came to mind? Anything like specific about the film that stuck out to you in this viewing? Uh, just mainly how, uh, 
like how uninspired it is with uh, the storytelling part of it. Like, like I get Garfield's not an exciting character to base a movie around, which probably sure. is the, pro- the problem to begin with is that Garfield's kind of like a, just a lazy character who doesn't do anything. And it's hard, it's hard to stretch that into an hour and 30 minute movie or whatever. But the story that they even constructed was even like so much lamer than like the TV specials from the eighties, which still managed to squeeze kind of a, a hackneyed story together revolved yeah. around Garfield. But I mean, it made sense though back then. And like, I'm just watching this and like, I, I'm just thinking to myself, like how boring it is and how like, and honestly, I think the first half works a lot more than the second half. I think uh, if they went the Rugrats movie route where it's like kind of like an older brother syndrome thing of like this young kid comes into the dynamic yeah. and messes with that. I thought that stuff was genuinely like, all right. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that w- that would have worked more if it was stretched into the larger theme of the movie. But like by the time like Odie's like getting kidnapped by this like TV host and like Gar- Garfield <laughs> has to go to the city to try and save him and stuff. And I, like, I'm just watching this. I'm like, this does not feel like a Garfield movie. And I was just like astounded at some of the weird stuff that I didn't remember. Like, uh, uh, like Garfield, like almost crashing the trains at the end. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, yeah. him controlling that, and um, and also how how poorly the the effects have aged too. Like in two thousand four, <laughs> I'm sure it seemed like passable, and I probably didn't notice. But like watching it now, I'm like some of these are very rough. And I don't know if you guys have covered the part where uh, Garfield is in focus and the camera is slightly out of focus. Did you guys notice that, or have you noticed that? Uh, I don't know that we have. Yeah, I don't think we have. Uh, do you remember what scene that was? I think it was in the beginning uh, with him and Normal walking around the neighborhood. There's there's a just a like very quick shot of like uh, Garfield and Normal walking up the road, and it, and it, oh, it looked like Normal yeah. was like out of focus along with everything else, and Garfield was wasn't like changed sharp, and then <laughs> and then they then they all get sharp, but like for a brief moment, like Garfield like aged, like I mean he uh, yeah. uh focused in uh, correctly. Uh, oh, but like, it's just like little details like that where I'm just like, Oh God, I don't remember this. And also like the horrible effects of the, the real animals talking and everything. And, uh, <laughs> that was definitely one thing that irked me as a kid though, was that like normal and like Odie and Erlene, like didn't look anything like their cartoon counterparts. Oh yeah. Not even a oh, yeah. And, and like back then I really wanted them to look like how they did in the comics, but like going, like watching it now, I'm like, thank God Odie's a real dog. So I don't have to look <laughs> at another CGI monster walking around the screen because uh, Garfield's pretty rough to look at too, I think. But um, and I actually disagree on on Odie. Oh, really? Uh, I think they should have animated him like the comic book character. I mean, it, like it, there there's a way to do that well, and they could do that well nowadays, probably. But like yeah. back then, like the way that they were like trying to like. Uh, do this like photorealistic thing while also having cartoony aspects kind of like yeah, how it's a weird yeah like how scooby-doo yeah. looked i don't know it, like yeah i think it would have looked <laughs> or sonic or sonic oh god yeah i don't know i i think it would have looked odd but um i, I don't know I, i'm curious to see how they handle that with the next movie that should be out like in a couple years or whatever that mm-hmm. they've announced but i don't know um, and, and the last thing I'll mention though is, is uh, just how, uh, uh, how horrible the characterization of John and Liz are in this movie. Like, <laughs> jo- like the dynamic between John Arbuckle and Liz, the vet are like one of the funniest things about the Garfield comics, like genuinely funny, not even like yeah, ironically yeah. funny. Like I think John is hilarious as like this pathetic character and like just the fact that they 
they they have Liz like be, do nothing and just like fall head over heels for this guy who who's just like should be like the most. I always thought you were so loser. cute in high school. I know it's terrible. It's so bad. And John like sh- is just like so like boring in this. And I wish we could have had like the live action version of the character who like her, like like freaks out women like kind of like in a johnny bravo way like he does in the comics yeah. and like his pathetic attempts with liz and stuff like that stuff could have playing that polka stuff, music yeah it, like, like it could have been funny i don't know and and i i feel like they just really went the boring route where like the characters like the animal characters are the real crazy ones and then he, the humans are more grounded and stuff but i think the, the thing that makes garfield the comic work is john and garfield and their opposing personalities and like they don't touch on that like at all in this movie mm-hmm. they cover that in like the first three minutes with his little gags run- running around the house but then af- mm-hmm. after that it's just garfield's like heroic adventure or whatever and it just sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah they take all the cartoonishness out of it like, right you gotta embrace that stuff more if you're making a garfield movie mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's just a fundamental flaw of the film that is live action like i don't I don't really know if you can do Garfield justice in live action. Like, I mean, maybe somebody could, but I, I think uh, it's no yeah. Lasagna, cat. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, that's actually true. Yeah, I mean, but that that's like a very like uh, specific kind of it's a different of kind of justice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's good. Um, Chris, what about you? Do you have any notes this time? Yeah, I had a couple notes. Um, <clears throat> You guys know that I have a specific problem with the hash and dash that John eats. <laughs> yeah. And I always try to see what else I can find out about that, uh, you know, when I watch it. So uh, this time I noticed uh, that the, you know, the the uh, contents of the of the container at the bottom, the net weight, mm-hmm. 24 ounces. Oh, God. Hash and a dash is two pounds of food. <laughs> <laughs> And he's eating that whole thing for breakfast. He's eating, he's eating right out of the reusable container that comes with it. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, of course, in that same scene, uh, the ki- the Keebly cat, or whatever it's called, yeah. the, the quote on the front, it says cat. it makes cats perfect. Like, mm-hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, it's a pun. Now, here's a good one. You guys are going to love this. When... Okay. Uh, they're, go- they're going to bed, and Odie jumps into John's bed, and yeah. John comes out of the bathroom and sees Odie on the bed. Next time you watch the movie, look at the pictures uh, on the bed. John has multiple duplicates of the same picture. Oh, uh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check he has, that. There's at least two different types. There's two different pictures and at least two of each one there. I mean, there's only like four or five pictures in that shot, but there's only two different ones. That's amazing. That was that's it's really weird. Um, me, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but that's I, I could swear that I saw that. Um, I also when when Garfield figures out where Happy Chapman is, you know where he finds the uh, he knows where the office building is by looking mm-hmm. at the cereal box. It never occurred to me that there is a Keebly Cat cereal. Um, <laughs> what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, um. He says he's like I've got to get my box, and he pulls out the cereal box, and it's Keebly Cat cereal. Or is it just like a yeah, I don't really cat know. food box that just like kind of looks like a cereal box because that's how it is in the comics? Maybe, maybe. It's just it's odd because as he's, as he's rummaging through the boxes, he's naming off like Fruit Loops and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, and then huh. he 
gets to his. So the way that that dialogue is organized, it kind of feels like it's a cereal. I guess it makes sense if it was a cat food. That makes more sense. No, well, no, because at the beginning, it's established that the cat food comes out of a can. <laughs> right. Maybe that. Maybe they were. There was a plan to release Keebly Cat cereal in promotion of the movie, and then they decided not to do that. <laughs> Fox is like, hey guys, this is going to be the next Avengers. We're going to have to <laughs> cross-promote and, and put out a cereal. cereal yeah. Or interferes with these guys who want to do an Alpo cereal, so we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only other thing that, that struck me in my last note is that when Happy and his um, assistant are going through the train station, which is just labeled train station, by the way, like the establishing shot is a train station. It's not like a location. Well, which it still falls in line with how we yeah. established that there is just the city. city. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, they have a ton of bags. I never noticed that, but there's like, Happy Chapman is doing his villain walk through the train station and mm-hmm. there's the valet behind them pushing this cart of like at least a dozen suitcases. <laughs> yeah. Which, I, I know that I thought that was kind of a, a weird cartoony touch, and I, was, I just kind of noticed it as like, oh, that's, that's that's a lot of bags for him to have. I don't know. Yeah, Happy is very cartoony in general. It, I, I guess it would seem that he's kind of moving to New York. Like, yeah. Moving his entire life there. He's really banking on Odie's success. I guess that makes sense, because his office was mostly vacated mm-hmm. um, when, when uh, John and, and Liz went there. I did think it was funny when they're in the office and the security guard is like, hey, you guys need to leave. And John and Liz pretty much disregard him and they, and they run out looking for Odie and the guard's like, all right, cool, thanks. Yeah, Todd from Last Man on Earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's what I guess. I, I noticed yeah. something weird uh, about uh, Happy's office, which I forgot to mention. Um, my girlfriend brought this up when we were watching it. Is it the uh, presidential stamp on his door? Well, that 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 was that was one <laughs> weird thing that we're like, why is that there? And the other was uh, there was like this like it looks like a mask on uh, the shelf in the background of uh, his office or something, and it looks just like uh, uh, the uh, Pazulu from the Exorcist, the Captain Howdy, the the face, the white the white <laughs> face. It like it literally looks like that in the background, and like I even paused it. I'm like, what is that? I can't see what that is, and I looked it up, and I can't find any information on it but it just felt very out of place i'm like what is that thing doing back there cursed uh well i would def- what when was that it, it was at the beginning when uh him and his assistant are in his office and he's looking at the uh footage of his brother on tv doing the news report and he's like commenting on that uh it's like right when he walks in the office after doing his taping at the uh beginning of the movie i'm making of that right weird. now and look for it as soon as we're done recording <laughs> yeah. this Please, please do. I, I want somebody else to uh, figure out what that is because I, I couldn't, for the life of me, I don't know what it was. <laughs> Happy Chapman is a man of many mysteries. Yep. That's, that's all I can say. <laughs> all right. So uh, were those all your notes, Chris? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, Matt, did you want to go ahead? Do you have anything that you want sure, to Sure, yeah. I, I only have five this time around. Um, only have five. Well, none of them I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh. The, there's a shot at the beginning whenever Garfield notices the pie in the window. And it, like, zooms all the way from John's house to the pie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a... I don't know if you guys have ever paid close attention to that shot, but it's very weird. Like, the camera sort of rocks yeah. back and forth during it. I don't know. Yeah. It stuck out to me this time. No, no, I noticed that. Um, I actually... I think I may have known that 
um, like a month or two ago. Like it's like weirdly the like only stylistic shot in the film, and it's just like <laughs> like at one point, like they just got like a really creative cinematographer for like one day. <laughs> Burst of like, inspiration. Yeah, it just is like, hey, what if we just did something instead of just like a typical zoom in or whatever that shot would be called? Just like, what if we like do a crazy kind of thing? And it's just like, it's the last day, whatever. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> it's like the it's like the, the the regular cinematographer like called in sick with a cold, or, like, or maybe <laughs> um, like, I'm gonna put Emmanuel Lebesky stepped in to, to yeah. Day. Or I was thinking um, that Sam Raimi was AD for like one day, <laughs> just like let's do it. Sam <laughs> Raimi uh, during the post of Spider Man Two, I'm assuming. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, he, 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 just... he probably saw Joel Cohen on the uh, on the cast list. He's like, oh, uh, Joel, I, I I remember him. Yeah. From back in my Evil Dead days, I'm gonna work with him again. Yeah, exactly. I think it's like um, because I think J.J. Abrams did like, or no, Edgar Wright did like a shot in uh, it Star Trek in the Darkness. So I think that's just huh. like the one shot that Sam Raimi confused. It was. That was the opposite Joel Cohen. Just like, I'll do a shot for Garfield the movie. I love Joel. <laughs> so I'm um, glad you pointed that out, Matt. Yeah. Uh, my, my next note is that my roommate accused me of butt shaming during this viewing because I was yelling about Garfield's lack of butt. Lack of butt? Yeah. Or lack of butthole. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I was, and, I, and when I say yelling, I am, that is not an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> Your neighbors are complaining and all yeah. that. <laughs> I went on a tirade about it. I was just like, uh, why did they decide to do that? <laughs> you know, I got really mad. And she was like, uh, quit butt shaming Garfield. And I was like, he, there's nothing to shame. And oh, man. It's especially weird because you can see in the shot when like they're at the pound and like all those dogs and cats are like running out of the door. They do they're have like, butts. They all have They butts, are like yeah. three. There are like three prominent buttholes in that shot. <laughs> it just makes it all the more infuriating, but I digress. <laughs> Maybe like the the um, the the depth and texture of a butthole for in CGI would just was just yeah. way more <laughs> expensive. And if and, you know if they had to if they had to uh, do that, they'd have to recast Liz with you know like um, uh, <laughs> what's her name? Um, oh shoot, uh, Tara, Tara Strong. Oh my god! Uh, sorry, no. I was just thinking like Tara Reid. I'm sorry. Like, uh, sorry. I was just thinking of like a producer. He's like, yeah, fifty thousand dollars. This Jennifer Love Hewitt money or is this butthole money? Like, they'd have to recast Liz uh, with um, Tara Reid if they gave Garfield a butthole. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they decided that they didn't want to. Didn't want to do butthole money. It's more cartoony this way. <laughs> like, let's be real. That's the real reason they probably did it is because it's like it fits more with the cartoon. But I don't know. I picture Uncanny Valley. I pictured that you saying it's more cartoon that way with like a huge cigar in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's just that the animators like protested. Like P. Hewitt was like, "We gotta have him give a butthole," and they're just like, "Look, we've been working on this movie for like a year. We know it's bad. We this isn't our best work. We're not doing it." And they're just like, "Fine." My Close wife it. almost left me because I was going to make the butthole. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um, uh, I got curious during this viewing about the name of the dog who plays Odie. Um, so I tried to like find out all I could. Uh, and with is he... Google, I was able to... What's that? I was going to say, is the dog still alive? 
Well, I, all I could find out was, was that Odie was played by Tyler and Chloe, uh-huh. and I can only assume that those dogs have, have passed away. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's a 15-year-old movie. They weren't puppies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, with birthdays, there must also be death days, I oh guess. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> Rest, rest in peace, oh, uh, Chloe. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I figure probably all of the animals in this movie are dead. Man. This probably. Is a, this is a pretty dour note we're going on. Maybe uh, change it up with your next note there, Matt. Okay, all right. Uh, no, 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 my next note is my happiest one. Um, the dance run that Happy does to John at the dog show, like whenever John has now come and picked up Odie after Odie does his dance and Happy comes like running out. He does this, he's like waving his arms and he's doing this like little dance. I just have a note that that dance is fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my last note is just that the skyline from within the city backlot, um, it's, it's like, I think it's the first shot from within the city whenever Garfield's like walking down the street or something, but the camera starts with like the skyline. Um, and judging by that skyline, the small city that he is in seems to go on forever. Because there's a couple buildings that are, like, in the distance, so they're just really tiny. But it's just, it's like Manhattan level. That's really far away. <laughs> I don't know. It's disorienting. That it is. I'll keep an eye out for that. <laughs> yeah. And that's all my notes. Alright. So, um, well, the main thing I wanted to point out this month was that... Uh, so... Just before I rewatched Garfield the movie, I had a chance to revisit the Toy Story movies uh, nice. leading up to Toy Story 4. And um, rewatching Toy Story 1, it was very quickly apparent to me that this movie and Toy Story have like the exact same plot. <laughs> like, it's basically this and Toy Story 2 are Garfield the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess you're kind of I mean, right. Yeah. And uh, I looked it up. And do you know who two of the screenwriters were for Toy Story 1? Who? Joel Cohen and whoever the other guy was. <laughs> yep. They whoever the other the guy movie. was. And do you know what else? What? They got Oscar nominations for Toy Story, so they are Academy Award nominated screenwriters, <laughs> I found out this month. Do you think they were like incensed that they didn't get Oscar nominated for this screenplay? Yes. They're like, well, come on. We did it the first time. Why not this time? Absolutely. I mean, if you want to know how formulaic, like, this movie is only a minute shorter than the first Toy Story. <laughs> I'd be curious to watch them side by side and, like, see if the plot elements line up. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of them do. Well, when I, when I was watching it, I actually noticed uh, com- it looked like a nod to, like, Toy Story 2 was uh, when Garfield uh, is outside the building where Odie is in, and he, like, looks at the uh, air vent opening, and it, like, zooms in. At first, it looks like it's going to zoom in on some traffic cones that are below it. Mm, and yeah. I thought for sure, I'm like, oh, my God, that looks like a Toy Story 2 nut. Like, he's going to get under there for some reason and, like, go somewhere. <laughs> but uh, that makes a lot of sense now, because you're right. It, like, the comparisons are, like, very similar. Yeah. It's uh, pretty shameless, almost, they did, I'd say. They did get through traffic by hiding under objects yeah yeah that's right Completely man i mean pointlessly yep. yeah <laughs> so yeah they really just did copy and paste it didn't they <laughs> uh oh, well. honestly I, I hadn't even thought about it but you were really right about that yeah it's, it's pretty jarring right when you really think about it yeah 
Um, so, great job, guys. <laughs> I'm talking to Joe Cohen and the other guy. The, I'm sorry I don't remember his name. I, I think it's like Scott something. Does anyone know the other screenwriter's name? No. I can I, look it up, but I just I, don't feel like I've, it. I've got the page open. Okay. Uh, just give me a moment. Go ahead. Start talking about your Yeah, I was going to say, while um, you're looking that up. Um, so, we've talked a lot about the product placement of the movie. Yeah. But I don't think we've talked about the weirdest one, at least in my opinion, which is that, well, uh, as you were saying, Chris, that scene with um, in bed where uh, Garfield realizes Odie is going to be sleeping with John. He's like horrified, disgusted. And he says at one point, I think I'm going to blow cat, cat or let me sorry, say, let me say it one time. I think I'm going to blow cat chow chunks. Yeah. <laughs> which is like a pretty weird product placement in a movie. I know it's like. Uh, Perna Cat Chow or something like that, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be that brand, right? If I'm not mistaken, oh. like they probably had. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> our main character is gonna throw up your name brand. <laughs> <laughs> Buy this Line for your up. cat. He'll yeah. throw it up. <laughs> he'll 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 blow it out of his mouth. <laughs> that's not way dirtier than I anticipated <laughs> I apologize um, this is something that's been bugging me since viewing one so I finally have to get it off of my chest how does Odie throw that pillow yeah I was going to say that too <laughs> that's been bugging me since the first viewing too <laughs> I almost wrote that down and I was like nah it's a cartoon but I'm, I'm so glad that you said it like I, I no, every that, time, like I think, like oh, I'm gonna figure it out. Oh, sorry, what? No, that that's that's you're right. That's completely uh, unforgivable in this uh, uh, world that they've set up, where the other animals act like yeah. real animals, and then Garfield is a cartoony one. That's 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 why Odie should have been uh, yellow with brown floppy ears, like I said. Yep. And a big, uh, yep. big tail or a big tongue wagging out of his big mouth. Old, big old, big old tongue, oh. yeah. Yeah, the fact that the fact that they used a dachshund, like dachshunds, most of the time have their mouth shut. I've noticed, like they didn't pick a dog that regularly pants. Like I feel like Odie should have been a golden retriever. I don't know, or something. Yeah, well, or a lab. I think Odie is like canonically a beagle in the comics, (laughs) which is funny because he looks nothing like a beagle. But I I, I guess (laughs) not even a little. (laughs) Neither does Snoopy. So, (laughs) or even a Ridgeback would have been a better choice. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Will. Like, the, the pillow-throwing thing has... Cons- every single viewing, it, it's like, how does he do that? Because they go out of their way not to show it. Right, it just comes off yeah. screen at him. Yeah, so it's it's like the filmmakers are too lazy to give a way of explaining it, so... Unforgivable. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, um, let's see, I think I have two more. Um... Actually, no, three. Sorry. I I don't know why, but it took me six viewings to learn or to uh, notice the Catkins diet joke. Okay. I don't think I caught that. Uh, it's towards the beginning, just after the uh, hash and a dash scene. He's like, now I'm on the Catkins diet or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, I remember like, that now. It made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't notice this lame pun until now. And now I know it because I watched this movie so many times. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Um, it's kind of weird that Garfield references Elvis like two or three times in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
he's like, he's uh, a fan of classical like uh, I mean classic rock and soul. He loves James Brown. He loves the Black Eyed Peas. So Garfield's like multi multicultural with music. I think <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I just didn't know if it soul. was. Yeah, he's an old soul. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I didn't know um, if that was the screenwriter's influence or if that was like Bill Murray because the first one's like an impression of Elvis when he's out of the um, uh, vet, and so that could have just been like. Bill Murray in the uh, the recording booth to be sure. like, thank you, thank you very much. And it's like, we can use that. <laughs> and then the second time, yeah, it's like, Garfield's leaving the cul-de-sac. It's like, yeah, it's a very direct reference to Elvis. I forget, I think there's a third one, but I forget what it is. Um, oh, and then uh, I just... Uh, never mind, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was... No, no. I, I was thinking was... Uh, of a, of another voice, Elvis voice he did, but it was the same, it was the first one when he was the vet. He said, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, because they make his like hair look like it and all that. So that was, I like, guess that they kind of do it twice at the beginning then, because he does it to the mirror and then he says it as he's leaving. Oh yeah. So I don't know oh if yeah. Counts two or not. So. Rule yeah, threes. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> gotta follow those rule of threes. Uh, and then ran. I don't know when I wrote this. Uh, I think it was actually after the paw thing, but I just wrote Garfield is stupid. <laughs> at one point, randomly <laughs> in the movie. So uh, yeah, those are all my notes for this month. Nice. I like that last one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> What's our uh, Lyman thing for the month? Oh, yeah. Good good catch, uh, Chris. We almost forgot our Lyman moment. Why? Uh, what are your thoughts on Lyman? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I love Lyman. I, I think uh, the fact that John had uh, a gay lover in the 70s that nobody ever <laughs> references anymore <laughs> is like the funniest thing. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I was actually shocked, I think, last week when uh, the official Garfield Twitter account acknowledged Lyman in, like, a photo that they posted or something. Because, like, like that like that never happens. Like, nobody even remembers Lyman anymore. And it's usually up to me to bring it up in any conversation I have where I'm like, actually, John had a gay lover back in the 70s. Um, so <laughs> so what, are what? you – is that – are you like firmly in the belief that Lyman was his gay lover? Oh, absolutely. Cause it doesn't make sense that he would bring in this guy uh, as a roommate for a little while and then never mention him again, never invite him over wow. again. Never, That's a good you know, I, I think if uh, they're still on good terms, then uh, Lyman would probably still pop in every now and again, but it makes more sense if he was his gay lover or whatever. And then John and him had a big argument and then they broke up and then that's why you never hear from Lyman anymore. But that's, that's my beliefs. Huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. so, yeah, so you're of the uh, opinion that in this movie, Lyman is like out of the picture. Like they bought a house together. <laughs> something went south and he left. That's why John, a single man in his like thirties lives in this big, huge house. <laughs> well, I, I, I heard, I heard you guys bring up that theory when I listened to the podcast. And I'm like, that makes a lot of sense because that that's actually one thing that always irked me as a kid was that, uh, Odie's introduction. And this doesn't add up to how it happened in the comics with Lyman bringing them in. And I'm like, as a kid, I'm like, why don't they have Lyman here? This isn't right. He, he should be bringing in Odie, not Liz. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true to the canon. No, it's not. So, so, uh, but I think that's a that's a great theory though, and that makes a lot of sense because uh, yeah. you're exactly right. It doesn't add up that John just has this huge house by himself for no reason. <laughs> yeah, unless that graphic designer money in 2004 was just like <laughs> rolling in the cash, <laughs> which I don't believe because from the little we saw on John's computer, it doesn't look like very top notch work in my eyes. I gonna, yeah, I say, <laughs> based on what little we see there, he clearly isn't at the top of his you know field. It was. It was before the dot com bubble burst. <laughs> yeah. Unless uh, unless John invented the captcha. 
<laughs> he, just has, he makes every cap she you've ever seen was made by John. Yes. He's, he, well, he is the monopoly. John is the architect of the captcha. <laughs> what if he made like a cat version, like Katcha? And like that's how he made his fortune. That's a good one. Now he's just kind of like, he's like just making his money that way. <laughs> but, well, I'd say that covers the Lyman requirement. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. All right. Uh, does anyone else have anything else to add before we wrap up for this month? I hate the main song more and more every month. The which one? The Bahamut one or the yeah. Black Eyed Peas one? The, I've I've started to morbidly like the Bahamut one. I mean, I like the main hook. I don't like the rest of it. Right. Like I, uh, I think I mean, it's like <laughs> something this week specific or this month specifically bothered me how. Um, the end credits are uh, they're overlaid over like black and white images of Garfield where it's like <laughs> yeah. you're supposed it, that kind of that kind of formatting is supposed to imply that, that this is a deeply beloved piece of work it's like <laughs> oh man like remember that part where Garfield was standing on the sidewalk <laughs> look how far we've come on this journey of self discovery and character development remember this thing that you saw 40 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just like you know what you didn't earn that movie. You you get a you get a black screen for these credits. <laughs> I don't know. I like to think we've all grown uh, through the experience of Garfield the movie, but that's just me. Sure. Yeah. So. Sure. All right. Anyone else, or is that good <laughs> for this? Grown month? to be forty-one years old. You know, whenever Garfield turned twenty-five in two thousand three, uh, there was a book released called. In dog years, I'd be dead. Right, and that's a—it's a great book. It's a great retrospective, uh, and so at forty-one, you gotta wonder, like, how dead would he be? How I, dead? I don't know. I, I guess he would be really. I—I I, I was trying to come up with a joke, but I failed. In dog years, he he'd be reincarnated. Really <laughs> dead. Or, oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, man, he'd be like a zombie cat. There we something go. Like that. Yeah. I don't know, but happy uh, birthday, Garfield! Yeah, happy birthday, happy Garfield! Happy birthday! Yes, Let's raise a toast with our uh, lasagna yeah. wine. And, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's so gross. Was, yeah, was, uh, legitimately made me grimace whenever you said it. <laughs> uh, All right, cheers, everybody! Cheers. I'm not, drink- I'm not drinking this thing. I'm throwing it I'm in the bushes. It, yeah. uh, <laughs> It's kind of it over the lasagna cake. It's kind of thick to drink, so it's like, um, yeah. Well, it's, it's one. It's, it's, so it's one from '78. That's why it's been in the Jim, <laughs> oh, Jim oh, Davis oh, cellar for a while. That's why. Aged. Okay, forty-one yeah. year aged. <laughs> the cheese is fermented in the che- in the lasagna wine. That's what, that's where that smell uh, came from. <laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm pretty sure Chris is going to throw up pretty soon. Throw up some cat chow chunks. Yeah. Uh, ah, there we go. Yeah. So we tie it back to that j- gag, Bring that timeless gag. All right. Wyatt, thank you so much for joining us this month. Oh, hey, hey, thank you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you got me to watch Garfield the movie again because it's been uh, uh-huh. way too long. But I, I don't think I'll join you guys on the journey of watching it every single month. Sure. Like, uh, but <laughs> more power to no you. One will blame I'm, you. I'm, not, I'm not strong enough. I, it's, it's just. <laughs> I had I had enough trouble watching the hour and twenty minute version of this just the one time. I can yeah. assure you, it's Let's... a hump. Like, uh, you know, like I, you know, uh, I don't know if you know why. I've seen Cat in the Hat 
the, the Mike Myers movie over over fifty times. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And after I, after you've seen a movie a certain number of times, you just kind of just go with it. So I think we're <laughs> I think we're nearing that hump. I don't know about about Will and Matt, but like I think in July is going to be like where it's like, all right, let's let's just do it. Let's two well, times a month. Yeah, you know whatever. Uh, next one, month. Yeah. For next us to month. remember what happens. Yeah, next month is our backwards episode. Uh, we're gonna watch the movie backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leaf rag. <laughs> so excited! Um, the, it's only gonna get more nuts from here. Good, I can't yeah, wait. Good. Uh, uh, Wyatt, Wyatt was gonna you're, you're on something, right? Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. Wyatt. Oh yeah, Twitter. yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll plug my uh, Garfield Twitter account, which is at uh, Garfield Fan Art. Uh, it's just a bunch of memes and a lot of stuff about Lyman if you're into that, so you can go uh, follow that. <clears throat> one of my favorite Twitter accounts, sincerely. Hey, thank you, man. appreciate it. And uh, I'll also plug my uh, YouTube uh, series, Garf Gab, where I uh, review Garfield and Friends episode by episode, and uh, it's it's not it's not fun. It's it's <laughs> it's, 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 it's work for me. <laughs> but... Are the episodes of that at least better than the movie? Oh, for sure. Like the the, okay, the Garfield stuff in Garfield Friends holds up really well, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch it. But it's just the uh, U.S. Acres stuff uh, that's oh, san- that, that. sandwiched in between. It's really rough to sit through, and you'll know my disdain if you ever watch Garf Gap. So, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Thanks again for coming on. Hey, man. thank you, yeah. thank you guys. This was a lot of fun, and uh, I, I I like the podcast, and I'll definitely keep listening because that backwards episode sounds incredible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. thanks. Man. It's it's uh, we we appreciate that, and yeah, it's gonna be insane. So I can't wait either. So Matt, you ready to wrap yeah, this thing up? Wrap All up. right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm Will. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. I'm Wyatt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And remember, kids, ain't ogre. Till it's ogre. All right, see everybody. See ya. So much to do, so much to see, 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 so much to do, so much to see. Ah, and that's a sign that the tank is full.